Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you need Zach? How about standing up with me? Since there, the worship's going on, let's just lift a hand towards heaven and let's just stretch and let's thank him right now. Lord, we thank you for what we have already received. We thank you for the men and women of God. We thank you that they have the Holy Spirit working in them and through them and the Word, which is powerful. It's living. It's active. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. That when we use your Word, we, we carefully apply it to our lives and we ask you to make us effective witnesses. As Brother Jerry told us, to ask that question about who Jesus is. And we thank you that he is real in our hearts. Hallelujah. He's real in our souls. And we have relationship with God because of Jesus. And we honor Jesus right now. We thank you for Jesus. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. And it was mentioned about the four creatures around the throne. Well, Brother Richard Jones... Wave again or stand up, Richard, so they'll see who you are. He is an extraordinary artist. He did our banners. We've had them for many years now, and they never get old looking at them. And if you go look close, he's put a little subliminal things even in some of them. I mean, just like if you go look at the eyeball on the man, you know, back there, it's got the world in the eyeball. I mean, he did some things. He's very creative. But uh, he did that. Another lady, she's gone on to be with Jesus, did the Jesus banner that I saw when I sat on the front row about 8 o'clock in the morning at CFWC when Ellie was working with me. And I came in, sat down, and I was just praying, and the Lord just showed me a vision of that right there. I saw him just like that. And if you look at the crown of thorns, what's it spell? If you look close, you'll see Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, in the crown of thorns. It's so cool. But that's, uh, and the Lord said, if you keep the preaching of the cross in your messages somewhere, I will always bless it. And I tell you what, it has always been a blessing to me. And we rejoice and we're glad. And then I got to know these young people and they're not as young as they used to be, but they're still young to me. Sister Laura, her daddy is a pastor in Merritt Island, Florida. She went to the uh, college that Rodney Howard Brown started down in Tampa called The River. Is that the name of it? And uh, she's pretty fiery now. Uh, so y'all say amen once in a while. If you get excited, wave your hanky. You know, I got my hanky with me. I'm ready, Laura, to, I'm ready to wave it at you. You know, so come on. She is a spiritual daughter in the Lord. And uh, Isaac's a very blessed man. He really is. Love you. Thank you, Pastor. I also am going to keep the short pulpit. Thank you for that, Zach. Um, <laughs> it's always an honor uh, to be able to share the word of God, and what an honor to be able to do it in a spiritual house. Pastor Kevin has adopted us as his as his spiritual children, he's been giving us covering as my husband and I have been ministering. And I was cariantes 
um, for many years now. I've been living there now for 10 years. And the reason and the way that God revealed that to me was through a time I was in a conference with Pastor Kevin. He came to Mexico. We encountered ourselves there. It was the first time I ever met him. And he started preaching. And he looked at me and he said, you, come here. And he gave me a word that, that was just so clear in the moment, but I still had no idea what it meant. And he said, your life is going to change. Everything's going to change around you. The next six months, you're going to feel a tornado around you. But you're going to stand in the middle and you're going to know exactly what to do. And you're going to know step by step what you have to do. And I, I received the word. I went back home. The night I got home, I closed my door. And that's when God downloaded the whole entire plan of what was going to happen to me, what I needed to do. And it was that I was going to give up my job. I had been, I worked as a hairstylist in Florida for many years. I was serving under my dad's ministry. And what God told me to do was that I was going to leave it all. I was going to move to Mexico and I was going to work with my hands. And that's where God was going to use me. That was where God was going to expand me. And I was going to leave it all behind and God was going to give me everything else I needed. And I started making plans. I, the next day I went to my boss and I told her I was going to work for one more month because I had to stop. I went to my dad and told him what happened. And I said, in, in, the, in, in what God told me, he said, you're going to be the one to bless me because I am under your covering. You are my pastor. And my dad said, all that sounds really good, but I'm not going to give you the blessing. The answer is no. And I said, that's fine. I know what I heard. I know what God said to me. So I'm going to do what I have to do. So I worked for one more month every single day. Every single client told me I was crazy, that they were going to kill me in Mexico. What was I going to do? How was I going to live? How was I going to make money? How was I going to? And the stories went on. And I said, I don't know, but God's going to do it. And from there, after one month, I started working in my dad's church as his auto-named secretary because he had never asked me to be there. I got my own keys, and I ended up going to the office every single morning at 9 o'clock in the morning and waited till my dad showed up. And when he'd walk in the door, I'd say, good morning. What can I do for you today? Your coffee's already made. And he would just stare at me and walk to his office. And I started grabbing folders, and I started organizing, and I started cleaning. And after about a month, he finally accepted it and enjoyed me being there. And he would sometimes invite me to lunch because I would take one-hour lunch just as if it was a job. Even though I was not getting paid, I was not asked to be there. And that's what I did. And I did that for six months. And after six months, my dad said, okay, you and God did it, and I'm going to bless you. I'm not happy about it, but I'm going to bless you because... I know this is what you're going to do. <laughs> and my father blessed me. And when I went to Mexico, God just did everything else. When I went to Mexico, I didn't speak Spanish. I had never spoke Spanish. But I decided, God, this is where you have me, so you do your part because I'm here. And God, just like that, gave me a supernatural understanding of, of Spanish. And then from there, the speaking came after. But that's what my life has been from 10 years up to now, just so you have a background of where I'm coming from. And, and so it's an honor to serve God, and it's an honor to honor our pastors and, and be in this house because really it was because a man said yes, because a man went and spoke and listened to the voice of God and through the Holy Spirit gave a word that changed my whole entire life. And, and it's so special. And people say, do you miss, do you miss the United States? Do you miss what you had? And the answer is no. I miss my family, yes. But I am so full. I'm so satisfied being exactly where God has called me to be. Amen? So I know there's a lot of ministers here. I know there's a lot of people who are maybe not ministering or not in the place where God's called them to be yet. But today, I want to encourage you because as I was studying this topic, um, God just continued to minister to me, and, and the word I got was that we are that representation to this world of his kingdom, of his power, and his glory. What does that look like? Now more than ever, people are searching for something real. 
something that they can feel, that they can have an answer, a truth. And we are a living testimony. We are that truth for this world. Because why? We know the source. We know the source of truth, and that's why we can speak into other people's lives. We can be an evidence to this world of an all-powerful God who is working in his kingdom, in his power, and his glory here on this earth. Psalms 139. I'm going I'm to go through, through some verses. I'm going to go fast. I know everybody's hungry. I don't want to take too much time, but Psalms 139.14 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. We have to understand and accept our identity in Christ Jesus. We are an evidence to this world of his wonderful works. We are that evidence to this world that what God does is great. And we have to accept that as our identity. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us. We have a purpose, and we have to walk in that purpose, because that is the evidence to this world that there is a living God who is speaking to us now. Not only thousands of years ago, but today he is speaking. Today he is moving. Today he wants to do miracles. And today he's looking for people who are going to say yes. Can you say amen to that? Amen. We are the evidence of a powerful God, a God of purpose. And you were, crea you were created in your mother's room for such a time as this. That is the verse that, that marked me. When Pastor Kevin prayed for me, he said, Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were born. I set you apart. And I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And that word is for someone today. As I was studying, God said, this word is for someone who's going to come into the doors. Somebody's going to be here, and they need to hear this message. And that is why you are the cho one chosen to do it. I was nervous. I said, why? Why me? Why do I have to be the, the woman to speak at the conference? I'm nervous. I'm scared. I still feel like I'm a child. I'm a baby. But God confirmed to me that there was a, a message that had to come out of me for someone here today. So please open your ears, open your eyes, open your heart to receive the word God has for you today. We are evidence of a God who saves. Each and every one of us have a special testimony. Each and every one of us have a message of where God took us out of. When I was a young kid, I, always, I would go on mission trips, and they would say, prepare your testimony so you can share with the world what God did for you. And me being a pastor's child, me growing up in a Christian home, I said, what testimony do I have? What can I share with people? I grew up in a Christian home. I have Christian parents. I don't have anything I can really complain about. What can I share? And God said, it's just that. Ever since you were a child, I separated you. Ever since you were young, I put you apart for a purpose. You didn't have to suffer like everyone else. I got you when you were young so that you could continue to walk and learn, and I'm going to use it later. And now that we're in Aguascalientes, now that we're pastoring, there's a lot of situations that I say, what are we going to do now? And there's that small voice that reminds me of what he's taught me ever since I was a small child. And that is my testimony, that I didn't have to go far away. I was close ever since a young child. And that is the beauty of it. It doesn't matter where you are, where you've been, but God saved you for a plan and a purpose. We are the evidence to this world of a God who heals. We are the evidence today. Me walking is the evidence of a God who heals. When I was 13 years old, a bone in my back went out of place. It just popped out of place one day. The doctors never knew what had happened. Nobody could help me. And the doctors would try to get me in physical therapy. I couldn't walk. When the bone would pop out of place, I'd fall on the floor, and I'd have to stay there until something could happen and I could start moving again. And I did that for eight months. And I was a pastor's child, and my dad took me everywhere and anywhere. And he prayed over me, and he pulled me here, and he pulled me there. And everybody prayed for me. And after eight months, I got real frustrated. I said, God, what are you doing? Where are you? After eight months, God said, 
everyone has prayed for you except for yourself. Everyone's believing for you, but you haven't believed yourself. And at the age of 13, I started believing for myself. At the age of 13, I started laying my hands on my own back and saying, God, heal me. At one week, I got up, I did everything I do in the morning, and I jumped in the car, and I didn't have pain for the first time in eight months. And I jumped back out of the car. My mom said, what are you doing? Please don't move. Because she knew that if I moved the wrong way, it was going to pop back up. Stop. What are you doing? I said, Mom, there's no pain. He healed me. And I will never again suffer from that. And that day, I received my healing. We are a testimony to God who heals today. We are the evidence of a God who provides. We, as Christians, we walk in abundance. We, as Christians, walk in provision. Maybe I don't have a lot of money in my, in my bank account or in my wallet, but I walk in provision because my God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. Let me share a testimony with you. Back in September of last year, uh, I was pregnant. I was having my third child, my baby girl, and in Mexico, I don't have insurance, so it's something that I have to pay out of pocket. It was going to cost over $2,000 to have my baby the way that I needed to have my baby in Mexico, and I was really stressed out about that because as missionaries, I don't have the ability to be putting away a lot of money to be able to just cover that cost out of nowhere. And I spoke with my husband. I said, you got to help me. we got to save. You need to stop spending. Because if you know my husband, he's a spender. He's a compulsive spender. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he likes to spend. He likes to walk in provision. And he says God's going to provide. And he continues to spend. So I spoke to my husband back in September. And I said, honey, we got to do something. You have to do something. I need this money in my account so I can have my baby in peace. And he said, the of, oh, the of little faith. Don't worry about it. And I said, okay, fine. Then we're going to make a deal right now. Because I am, I unfortunately still have a little bit of my fiery Italian in me. God has molded a lot of it out, but there's still just a little spark every once in a while. And I said, that's fine. I said, but we're going to make a deal. I'm not going to stress about it, and you're going to figure it out on your own. If you have to work, you're going to go to work, because I'm not worrying about this from now on. And he said, that's fine. God and I will take care of him. I said, great. And I just left it like that. And I continued to pray, and I said, God, I know you gave me a man of God, so do what you have to do. You speak to him. You correct him. You fix him, because I can't. And if you don't do it, I'm going to call Pastor Kevin, and he's going to have to do something. <laughs> and we got to December, and I still didn't have the money. And my baby was due in February. And it was December, and I was stressed out. We're at my dad's church. I was, was going to preach, and that morning they asked me to raise up the tithes and offerings. And we're in worship, and I said, God, I want to do it. I want to speak of all of your greatness because you've been so good to me. But I have this need in my head, and it's, and it's attacking me, and I'm suffering. And we're in worship, and we started singing a song, I Exalt Thee, an old, beautiful song that says, I exalt thee. I exalt thee. And I started praying, and I said, God, I give it to you. I exalt you because in all things you are to be exalted. Your glory is made manifest when we exalt you. So I exalt your holy name. And I started crying as I was playing the keys. I'm singing with my husband. I got off stage, and they put me right at the pulpit to raise the tithes and offerings. And I preached, and I spoke, and I said, God is the one who provides. He is the king of all gold and silver, and he's our provider. And I spoke with all the confidence in my heart. And I sat back down with my husband, and a lady came over, and she said, Hey, I know you have a big stress. I know you have to pay for your baby to be born. God spoke to me about a number I needed to give you. And when I spoke to my husband, he said, we're going to double it. So this is what I'm giving you. And she gave me an envelope. I put it in my purse. I started crying because I didn't know what was in it, but I knew it was the exact amount I was going to need because that's my God. Later that afternoon, Isaac says, so what was in the envelope? I said, I don't even know. 
let's check. And I started counting, and it was, it was 20 $100 bills. It was the $2,000 that I needed to be able to pay for my C-section and have my baby. That is the evidence that we are. God provides. And he is our provider. And he will provide all your needs according to his riches and glory. If you have not stepped into ministry yet, or if you're struggling in ministry because you're saying, where are the finances? How am I going to do it? Let me tell you today that I am a living testimony of God's provision. Everything that we have is because God's given it to us. And he is such a good God. We have to just rely on him, exalt his name, and everything else will be taken care of. We are the evidence of a God who, that even in our weakness, in our failures, he continues to be faithful. I am no one great. I am no one to stand up and be able to preach, but God has taken all my weakness. He's taken all my failures. He's taken all my situations, and he's used it for his glory. And that is why I believe that I can tell you, have faith. Believe in God, because if he can use me, if he can transform me, then he can do it with each and every single one of you. If he can make me, a white girl, speak Spanish and be able to minister in Spanish, then he can do it with any one of you. My first time I was going to preach in Mexico, I was very nervous because I was not secure in my Spanish. But I decided, thanks to my husband, I decided that it was time and that's what I was going to do because I had no other option. And when I started studying, God spoke to me. And he got after me, and he, in a way, gave me a nice little slap across the face. And he said, you believe me as a father. You believe me as a healer. You believe me as your provider. You know me in all those ways, and you have that security with me in that. But you still doubt that I can use your mouth to glorify me in whatever language I want. And that was the word God gave me. And I cried, and I cried, and I cried, and I got up and preached on Sunday morning, my first sermon in Spanish. And you know what? God did something. Why? Because I decided I am nobody. I am nothing. But you are everything, God. And you can use me. If you can use the rocks, if you can use a donkey, why can't you use me? And that is the message today. It doesn't matter what situation you're in. God can use you if you decide to say yes. If you decide to plant yourself in a place where you can grow, you will give fruit. And God will use you in that place. And he will provide all of your needs. Can everybody say amen? Deuteronomy 32.4 says, he is the rock. His works are perfect, and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. We have to know the Father. We have to know the Father. We want access to so many things, but if we don't know him, we're not going to have access to all that he wants to give to us. That's why it's so important to know the word of God. Because when we know the word of God, we can speak his word into every single situation that we encounter. There, every single day there are situations that happen. And I have to run back to the word and say, God, what am I supposed to do now? I have identity crisis. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my kids, with ministry, with work. And as a wife, and I have to go back and say, God, who am I? What am I to do? And he speaks to me. That is why it's important. We can't preach something that we don't. We haven't experienced in ourselves, and that is why it's important to know the word of God because this world is looking for evidence, and we are the ones to bring that into this earth today. What is evidence? It's the available body of facts or information indicating whether a belief or, pro or proposition is true or valid, the certain undeniable fact that cannot be doubted. We can preach to anyone. Why? Because we are the evidence that God saves. Nobody can tell me that my God doesn't save. No one can tell me that my God doesn't heal. 
Before I got married, they told me I was never going to have children. And that was a huge fear. It was a huge concern that I was going to go into marriage and not be able to offer my husband children. And you know what God did? Two months after being married, I was pregnant. And I've had three children since then, even though the doctor said that that was not going to be possible. So people can say, I don't believe your God heals, but I am the walking evidence that my God heals. And that is what we have to understand. Each and every single one of us have a message. Each and every one of us have facts that we need to share to this world. That's why each and every one of us have different testimonies. It's because we are, we are designed to minister to d each different groups of people. I can't go into every single area maybe and reach people, but you can. And so what am I doing here today? I'm here to encourage you. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter where you find yourself today. Stand up and be used where you're at today. Because that is what God is calling for. We are coming to end times. We're coming into difficult times. And we need people who are going to stand up and say, it doesn't matter what's happening around you. God is still living. God is still doing miracles. And God is going to use us to bring his glory here on the earth. Can you say amen? amen. Every single person is looking for truth. It doesn't matter where you go people are looking for truth. They're looking for certainty. When they see you walking in, in a grocery store, when they see you about to pay for your gas without fear in your eyes, you're evidence of something. Because you're saying, it doesn't matter what's happening in this world. It doesn't matter what's happening in the economy around me. My God will provide all my needs. And we are going to pay because we know that God is going to provide. If we don't have enough there, God is going to do the supernatural to make sure th that we can get where we need to get. And that is the God that we serve. So when we walk with our heads high in these difficult times, in these times of confusion, we are evidence to this world that there is hope. We are evidence to this world that there is light. And we are called to be that for this world today. We are representation of his kingdom. His kingdom is unchanging. We are that representation here in this world. Matthew 10, 7 through 8 says, Proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without paying, give without pay. So if you say, God, what am I supposed to do? How is this supposed to look like? What am I supposed to do? Here it is right here. Go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. What you've received without pay, you're going to give without pay. That is what we are called to do. From the glory, from the, the mercies of God that we've received, we're going to also give out those mercies. Two, power. His power, which is unmatched. Through us, showing the world what beauty he can make out of ashes. That is showing the power of God to this world. And, you know, it's, it's such a special thing to be able to stand here and say, God has transformed me completely in 10 years. He's done a complete overwork of the person that I was, the person I was trained to do. He's changed every single part of that to this day in just 10 small, tiny little years. Why? Because I decided to let him mold me. And that is just a fact. God is all-powerful. And we are to show, we are to help people open their eyes to the glory of God. I was, I was searching and, 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 and just investigating about the glory of God, the glory of God, which is internal. The glory of God is the man, ma magnificent beauty and the greatness of God's manifold perfection. How can we show this glory here on earth? We help reveal to people God's glory all around us. From just seeing the simple sunrise to the sunset, the galaxies to the stars, that is the glory of God manifested for us to see. It's his beauty in everything that is around us. That is his glory for us. 
I love to walk out the door and see a sunset and tell my kids, look, God did that. We're in the car. We're driving for a lot of hours. We drove here from Aguascalientes to Texas and then Texas to here. It was a lot of hours. It was over 24 hours in a car with three kids. And the kids get bored. And they say, what can we do now? We're bored. And I say, look out the window. Look at God's creation. Look at the trees. Look at the sky. God did all of that for us. And they look for a second, and they say, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, that's, that's good, that's good, that's good. What else can we do? But you know what? That's glorifying God because we're seeing his beauty in all around us. We're recognizing his beauty, and we're exalting his name, even if it's just for one second. What is holding you back? What do you fear? What do you doubt? God has given it all for you. So now it is time that we give it all for him. I grew up in a, in a Christian home. I grew up with pastors. I know that there's struggles. I know that there's situations. I know that there's a lot of situations that happen inside of a church. And, and lately we've been ministering to a lot of pastor's kids that are deceived. We've been ministering to a lot of pastor's kids that just don't get it and say, I just don't understand. And you know what we're having to share with them? This is the God that we serve. Whatever you saw in the past, we're sorry. But this is the God we serve. He heals. He's real. And he's the one who makes a change in us, not just to be able to stand up on a pulpit and preach, but to be able to live it every single day of the week. Our children are the perfect examples of, of how we're doing. My kids sometimes correct me, and they say, you need to lower your voice just a little bit. And you know what? I say, I'm the mother, but I take it into account that I need to maybe calm it down just a couple, a couple little bit from the back because my children are watching. My children need to see something real. My children need to understand that it's not just when we step up in a pulpit that this is real. No, they have to understand that every single day of the week, this is what we live. This is who we are. That's why before we run to a doctor, we lay hands on our children. And our children do the same. Before we run to a doctor, our children say, wait, we need to pray. Before we get into a vehicle to travel, we pray. Why? Because we want our children to understand that if we arrive somewhere, it is only because of the grace of God. That is the evidence to our children that we serve an all-powerful God. The empty tomb was the evidence of Jesus' resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus is the evidence of truth, an all-powerful God who lives today. He is not dead. The God I serve is still doing miracles today, and that same power is in you. That same power is in me. And I know that sometimes as ministers we get tired. I know sometimes as leaders we see situations in the church that we are not okay with. But that is not our job to fix. That is not our job to complain about. Our job is to exalt the all-powerful God. Our job is to do what God called us to do. We can all judge. We can all see. We can all point fingers. But that is not fixing a situation. That's becoming part of the problem. What is our job is to bring peace because our God has called us to bring peace. He's called us to bring correction. He's called us not to just follow the flow of the river that everybody else is doing. No, he's called us to stand up and say, no, this is what we're going to do. We exalt an all-powerful God. And it doesn't matter what's happening around us. It doesn't matter what's happening in our government, in our economy. We are called to be the kingdom of God. We are called to represent that here on earth. And that is something very different from what the world sees. And that's what's going to attract this new generation to come to the Christ, to come to his feet, to come and want to see something true and real in us. And we are called to live that for them. Mark 16, 17 says, He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. So if you've come to this to this conference needing refreshing, re needing renewing, needing, needing direction, let me tell you, go into all the world 
continue to speak the word of God. He is going to bring in everything necessary for you to continue to obey what he's called you to do. You cast out demons. You believe and speak in different languages and new, new tongues. And God is going to be there right with you. Because those who decide to go, he's going to follow them. And I can tell you that why. Because that's what we've done. God says, go, we go. He says, stop, we stop. He says, move, we move. And if he doesn't say anything, we wait. And that is the life that we have to live. I maybe don't have 25 years, 30, 40, 50 years of ministry, but I can tell you that what I've learned in this small time has been like a whirlwind. But just like the message said, it's going to be a whirlwind, but you're going to have peace in the middle of it. Everything's going to happen real fast, but you're going to have peace in the middle of it. And I feel like I'm still in a whirlwind. I feel like things are still moving around me. And I still can stand and say, I know where God sent me. I know what he told me to do. And from there, nobody's going to move me. From there, nobody's going to move me. So if you are a minister right now, you need to remember where God sent you. What did he tell you to do? If you're not doing that exactly, you need to go back to what he's told you to do. And everything's going to work itself out. Because I understand that sometimes we can get far away. Sometimes we can listen to, the, to words, messages, things that can distract us. We just need to go back to what the basics is. What did God tell you to do? God told me, go to Mexico, work with your hands. That's what I've been doing for 10 years, and it's working great for me. And God has done everything else. He's healed my body. He's restored my family. He's given us above and beyond what I could have ever thought or could ever even imagine. Why? Because we said yes, and we've stayed in the place that God's called us to do. So don't, don't fall astray from what God has called you to do. You are not defined by your past. You are not defined by your family. You are not defined by sickness of this world because the blood that is in you is from a different line. Your blood comes from almighty, all-powerful God, and that's why we don't have to fear for what this world could bring to us. If you're going to clap, if you're going to scream for God, give it to him good. <laughs> we're going to give God glory. If we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. You are not defined by your past. There's situations, I understand. There's sicknesses that are in families. There are generational curses. But you, as a child of God, you are not under that same situation. You are different. Your blood is different. You are special. And the blood of Jesus Christ is flowing through you. That's why you can say no. That's why you can talk to your body and say, God, I need you to touch me because I have your blood. And your blood is purified. Your blood is sanctified. And I am holy and set apart because that is what you do. Can anybody say amen right now? What kingdom are you representing? Are you representing a kingdom of life, of refreshing, of encouragement, of blessing? Or are you representing a kingdom of, of bitterness, of destruction, of curses? We have to ask ourselves this because sometimes we get distracted. Sometimes we get confused. Sometimes we're in our day-to-day -day and we're not representing the kingdom that brings life, that brings refreshing. When we walk into a place, the atmosphere has to change because the kingdom of God is something completely different from this world. And we have to decide if we're going to represent the kingdom of God, we need to do it right because the word says, we, we will be entrusted with much. As pastors, we are called to be entrusted with much, but we're also going to be spoken to, and we're going to be judged with the much that was given to us. And we have to be careful with that. What kingdom are we representing? Everywhere we go, we have to be representing life, blessing. People should come up and just feel peace as soon as they see you. The smile on your face should bring encouragement to people. But if we're just walking around in the busyness, then what kingdom are we representing? The kingdom of God is unchanging. That means that the kingdom that we're going to represent has to be the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. We can't be moved with emotions. We can't be moved with situations because the kingdom of God is unchanging. So if you're representing the kingdom of God and you dare to say you're going to represent the kingdom of God, you have to be 
unchanging. You have to be firm in what you're going to believe, and you have to be firm in what you're showing to this world. His power is unmatched. So if you're going to say, I'm representing the power of God, then you have to pray with faith. You have to speak with faith. Everything that comes out of you has to be undeniably secure that this is what God is going to do. God is going to heal. God is going to heal because his power is unmatched. And his glory is eternal. And that is what we have to show. We have to show this world that God has an eternal life for them. And we are representers of this. We are the people who have the opportunity to hold hands with people and say, have you ever received Christ into your heart? It is an honor to be able to pray with you because I want to give you this special gift that God gives us, his glory, which is eternal, which you can experience here on this earth. The glory of God, which is manifested and all his attributes together, never passes away. It is eternal. My God is so good. He's done so much. And it's just such a special thing to be able to come together with men and women and encourage them to say, don't give up. Don't be distressed. Don't be discouraged. Raise your faith. Raise your head to the all-powerful. Where our strength comes from is from above. And we have to realign ourselves to remember what is our job here on this earth. We have an enemy, and he's not concerned about you just going to church. He's scared for the day you wake up and decide to bring his kingdom, his power, and glory to this earth today. What are you willing to do? What are you willing to give up? That's the question. We all can be evidence. We can all do this, but it's a personal decision that we have to decide. We have to decide what are we willing to give up. God, what did he ask for me? He asked for my comfort. He asked for my family. That's what God asked from me. That's what I had to give up. I had to give up my comfort. I had to give up my security. I had to give up my family to be able to serve God. And it is such a reward to be able to serve him in that way. And I don't count it as sad. I don't count it as, oh, poor me, I had to leave my family. No, because you know what? My family's seeing what God is doing. My family's seeing that it's all worth what, what, God, what I had to give up to be able to serve God. And, and the people that are coming to know Christ, the, the, the country of Mexico will be saved. Why? Because God called me to go there. So I don't know how I'm going to do it, but we're going to raise up an army and we're going to make sure that Mexico is safe for Jesus Christ. If you were called to Poplar Bluff, your job is to make sure that Poplar Bluff knows of Jesus Christ, not just of a church, but of Jesus Christ, the living God who is doing miracles today and he's going to use you. my. My God, all powerful God. He's chosen you. And that's what the message is. Everything that we can speak of, everything that we can think, everything that we can share, all of our disappointments, all of our discouragement, God is there with you, and he's chosen you. So now it's time to choose. What do you need to separate from your life? What do you need to give up to be able to serve wholeheartedly? I can't answer that question, but intimacy with the Father can. We are to represent his kingdom, his power, his glory here on this earth, each and every single one of us. Not maybe all together, but in our own separate places. We are called to do that. And there are women, and I know this, and, and when Pastor talked to me about, about speaking, he specifically said there's women that are going to ra be raised up because there are women who have decided to stand down. There's women who have decided to just let the men do it because it's easier. And believe me, I've had those same exact thoughts. But there's women who need to be encouraged to stand up because God has put something special in us. We have a mother's heart. And, and it's something that people need to hear. It's something that people need to see. It's something that people 
is going to attract people. They're a young generation that are looking for mothers and fathers. And I know that today there's women who are listening to this message and you're going to be encouraged. God's going to start speaking to you. Don't close your ears. Open your ears. Open your eyes. Open your hearts because God is going to start speaking. He's going to start downloading messages of what you need to do, where you are. If you're a mother, he's going to start giving you messages of what you need to do with your kids. It, it's, it's a special thing to be able to minister to our children. It's a special thing to be able to teach. And then all the other children that are out there. When, we're, when we decide to be spiritual parents, it's not just for our household. It's for everybody around us. We are called to mother. And, and there are women who have wanted to just mother their house. And God is calling you out of your house to the world. Because this generation especially needs mothers who are going to come along, who are going to bring them security. That is what a mother brings. A mother brings security. It brings safety. Why? Because when the kids are sick, they're not really going to look for daddy. It doesn't matter how big a kid is. When a kid is sick, they're going to look for their mom. I have a brother, he's 40 years old, and when he's sick, he still calls mommy. And he still wants mommy to check his temperature. Why? Because mommy brings security. She brings safety. She lets him know everything's going to be okay. And that is what this world needs. Needs mothers who are going to decide to take on that job of mothering, of bringing security, and saying everything's going to be okay. As we walk into the kingdom of heaven, as we speak the word that God gives to us, everything's going to be okay. And that is the word for today. If you could close your eyes, if you could stand to your feet, I would just like to pray. I know we're hungry, and I just want to pray. Seal this word over your hearts. Thank you for the opportunity and privilege it is to speak into your lives. Father God, we thank you. You are all powerful, Father God. Father, we know that you are calling us out. Father God, all the messages that we've heard ever since we stepped into this place is that it is time, Father God. And that is the word today. It is time to step out, Father God. It is time to give up the things that have held us back. It is time to step out and speak your word everywhere we go, Father God. I thank you, Father God, for the opportunity to be evidence to this world, Father God. And I ask you that you will bring us the understanding, God of the weight that that holds, Father God, that everywhere we go, we are bringing his kingdom, his glory, his, his power to this earth, Father God. I, so I thank you right now. I ask you for every person in this room who's hearing my voice, Father God, that you will confirm in their hearts, God, this message for them, Father God. Confirm in their hearts how this can be applied into their lives, Father God. And if there's something that they need to give up, Father God, I just ask you right now to reveal that to their hearts, to their minds, Father God, that we can serve you, God, without reserve, that we can serve you wholeheartedly, Father God. And anybody else, Father God, who has not stepped into ministry but they feel a calling into ministry, Father God, I pray that you will confirm in their lives, Father God, what you have for them, Father God, just like you did with me, just like you pulled me out and said that in my mother's womb you had set me apart. Father God, I speak that today, Father God. And I just ask you to confirm that message, Father God, right now for those who have not stepped into that place of ministry where you've called them to be, Father God. Confirm in their hearts that you will provide. Confirm in your hearts that you will be there every single step of the way, just like you've done with me, Father God. If you can use me for just one thing, Father God, I just ask you to use my message to encourage, Father God, to bring hope, to bring life, to bring encouragement, God, to step out and fulfill all that you've called for us to do, Father God. We thank you. We worship you in Jesus' powerful and mighty name. Amen. Yeah, amen. You did good. Praise the Lord. <laughs> she said she let me out early for lunch. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. We got one more session today after lunch. That's Brother Tino. So you got to come back expecting to stay awake. Nobody's sleeping on the job. But uh, tonight's going to be a great night. We look forward to that, too. We have, now I think we have six, six going to be ordained. So 
It's going to be a great evening. And uh, we bless the food to your nourishment of your body. And we pray for good fellowship while we eat. In Jesus' name, amen. Now you can go out that back door and go down the hallway and then into the double doors of the fellowship hall. That way you, you go on you're going to go right to the table where the plates are. So you go right ahead and go down the hallway. Amen. All right. And if you haven't got your tickets for the banquet on Saturday evening for 6 o'clock, you can come see me. I think most people have got them that are here.